This podcast is proudly brought to you by Sky Racing and Ingress, number one in its field. We make a point of featuring a country trainer on the podcast from time to time, and in this edition, we're going to talk to Port Macquarie's Jenny Graham. Jenny has established a good strike rate since becoming a public trainer in 1997. She's had a few handy horses during that time, several of them good enough to bring to town, but at the moment she has a very talented sprinter in the stable by the name of Victorum, who's won seven from 16, five placings and almost a million dollars in prize money. He won last year's country championship final and the recent Hinkler handicap at Eagle Farm and he was a desperately unlucky fourth last Saturday in the Healy Stakes. Jenny was reared on a dairy farm at Pembroke near Warhope. She was riding ponies from about age three. When she was ten, she started Pony Club and excelled in many pursuits. Later in life, she got hooked on camp drafting and became a top exponent in that field. Is it any wonder this lady gets on well with horses? Jenny Graham, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much, John. I know you're in the throes of the flu, so I'll try and be kind to you. (laughs) Thank you. What about Saturday's Healy Stakes? He could not get a crack at them. Frustrating. Yes, it was, but um, we were very happy still with the horse's performance. Um, He did finish off lovely, and, um, you know, going forward, I I think that, um, you know, a little bit of a break and coming onto the um, Kosciuszko, look, I think he'll... He'll be a great chance in it. He's come a long way, this preparation. Oh, for sure. Like he, um, you know, we've had him from um, when we brought him from the ready to runs and we've had him ever since and he's, you know, come through his maiden right through to to his group races and listed races. So, you know, he's been a great horse for us in the connections. Mm. Victorum's original owner, Mark Owens, could have sold him at a ready-to-run sale in 2016, but he couldn't bear to part with him when he learned that Macau people were bidding on the horse. So he contacted you. That's correct, yes. No, I was actually at the sales at the time mm. because I did go up to um, see the horse sold because I had trained the mother. And, um, yeah, it was. Um, I was actually just watching really because I, I really couldn't think I'll be affording the horse so um and then when Mark approached me that he didn't really want the horse to race overseas um and leave leave Australia so I was lucky enough he approached me and kept 20% in the horse and um Mm. we found the other owners but we actually found all those owners in a heartbeat really they um jumped on board very quickly so we were very lucky His colours have got a lot of people intrigued, Jenny. They're black with white crossed oars and white armbands. Must be a story behind that. Yes, um, Mark and his brother actually do um, competing in rowing and um, that's their colours and the oars that um, Mm. naturally symbol the the rowing. So that's how the colours um, started and... It's the horses that Mark has now uh, shares in that um, they race in in those particular colours mm. and have been successful. Have they? What? You said that you trained his mother, Playful Miss. She won four country races, but she was a victim of a condition called azoteria. 
she constantly tied up. It's a trainer's nightmare. Yes, it, it is. It was a it was a nightmare. Um, she um, tied up very badly. Um, we had a lot of problems with it in in her preparations with the tying up problem. And um, we actually, well, I thought I tried everything. I probably now knowing over the years of you know I've learned a lot more about the the tying up. I may have handled things a little differently, mm. but um, I did speak to Peter Snowden at the time um, when we had her and he said that, um, you know, it's probably become a mental problem and um, basically as I went on, I did learn that that's really what it did become, a mental problem. So we ended up retiring her. But um, she was a great she was a great mare and I, I really believe that she didn't get to her full potential at all. Mm. You've got two half-sisters to Victorum in the stable right at the moment, a yearling and a two-year-old. Do they give you any reason to be hopeful? Yes, the um, the one by, that I've got um, ready to trial by Mara Zara, she's, she's actually going along quite nicely. Mm. Not really sure um, just yet, you know, how much ability she has, but she's definitely got some. She leaves the machines quickly um she's you know going forward she's she's going really nicely and um, i think she'll be a little bit like him i think she'll just you know progress as she progresses i think that she'll um you know keep improving and that's the feeling that she's giving me at the moment and the other little filly well you know we she's only just been broken in and we haven't done a lot with her yet too early to call as they say at the federal election (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> now, Ben Looker has ridden Victorum in all but three of his runs and they get on well, don't they? Yes, they do. They do get on well. And, um, look, Ben has a has such an association with the horse. Um, he basically, you know, loves that horse as much as we do. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's just nice to have that, um, you know, family family as we call it, you know, yeah. with the horse. So, you know, he has a great association with him. Ben's a Grafton boy originally. He now lives at your old hometown at Warhope with his wife Priscilla. Yes, that's correct. Um, he's a little bit closer to track work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, um, yeah, he does, he does um, you know, he'll pop in um, when I need him to you know, work any of the horses or do any of the gallops. He does like to try and um, do Victorum's uh, gallops when he's galloping, but um, he fights me. He fights my daughter for that, but um, (laughs) they work it out. (laughs) Yeah. Ben's had a few ups and downs, but right at the moment he's focused on being the best jockey he can possibly be. Now, he's ridden more than 90 winners this season and he's running second to Greg Ryan, on the country jockeys list. Yes, he, he he does. He does a lot of miles, and he's a great rider. And um, look, I I think you know with um, Priscilla behind him, and and um, you know a, a lovely place that they have, and everything's coming into place for him. You know, I think that that's all helping, and he's doing a great job with his riding. That's for sure. Mm. Now, his wife, the lovely Priscilla was formerly Priscilla Schmidt, who rode 300 winners, Jen, and quite a few for your stable. Yes, she did. Um, she rode, actually, 
she rode a winner in Sydney for me and she also rode a winner in Brisbane for me, So, um, plus other winners as well. But um, they were two winners that she'd actually rode in the, in the cities and, um, mm. yeah, she did, you know, was very successful, successful rider. She's well known as a co-host on the Sky Racing Service at the Northern Race Meetings and she and Gary Cleesey have developed a very good following. Oh, for sure. She does a great job, very good with the form. And her tips. <laughs> mm. She, um, yeah, no, she's very professional in, in whatever she does, Priscilla. I want to ask you about another very talented horse you've got in the camp by the name of Awesome Pluck. He's only had 12 starts. He's won four, half a dozen placings. He's won at Eagle Farm. He's won at Doombin. And he ran third in the Kosciuszko, not too far away last year. Look, he, he's a very nice horse, a very immature horse. Um, I think as time goes on, I really do think that um, he'll keep improving. He's, um, his constitution isn't that strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, look, I, I think that he'll, he will come back a very nice horse and he's actually going to be set for the Kosciuszko as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, look, he, he is, he's got ability. Um, we've just got to... Put it all together as yet. He's, he's just that bit immature and he's got to strengthen up a bit more. And, mm. and I think when he does that, you know, I think he's going to be a very, very nice horse. Mm. He's got back problems, hasn't he, uh, Jenny? Yes. In fact, he's out at the moment, isn't he? He's not in work. No, he's not at the moment. No, he's, he's resting um, by vet's advice. Mm. Um, he'll, and he's always had a little bit of a respiratory um issue as well um even as a baby i was actually speaking to the young lady that um fold the fold awesome pluck down and um she said he was always very you know respiratory when he was a a baby so um Mm. you know it's a bit of an ongoing thing but um we manage it and look he's doing a great job time time my girl (laughs) yes they say time and patience (laughs) he'll be a nice horse awesome pluck Yes, now, he's a very nice horse. Let's go back to childhood days on the dairy farm at Pembroke near Warhope. Did you like cows? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I like all animals actually. Yeah. But, um, my parents, um, they were dairy farmers mm-hmm. um, and um, my brother and I naturally growing up there, we had to do all the, the chores, the pigs and the chooks and all those sorts of things that um, – mm. Mum and Dad had, and yeah, like it was a very good lifestyle, very good, and mm. you di- and you did learn to work. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. You loved horses from very early days, though, and you didn't enrol in Pony Club till you were about ten, but went on to excel in show jumping and dressage and every sporting event they could possibly come up with. Yeah, I like I I enjoyed it all. I um competed in you know most things that. Um, were available I competed in and, you know, it was quite quite successful um, but enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed the, um, the pony clubs and show jumping and everything that was that the pony club put on. Um, we were there, you know, and mum, mum actually, she used to stay at home and do the daring and dad used to take me so... It was pretty tough on Mum actually because you know she was he was just home a lot to cover the dairy while Dad like took me to the pony club and shows and things like that to compete. So 
no, I was very grateful. One of your tutors was a man called Stuart Murrell, who was proficient in all areas of riding and horse management, and he also trained a few gallopers at the time. Yes, um, I met Stewie, like, as I say, when I was only, you know, 10, 12. He used to um, be one of the pony club um, instructors um, for Port Macquarie area, actually. And um, mm. he, look, he was terrific. He, I, to, to this day, I still thank him for everything that, um, you know, he, he had taught us. He was a great, uh, had a lot of confidence and a lot of confidence in, in, in me and, and, you know, all the other kids as well. And another lady that um, actually had, um, was instructing at the same time was Nairi Reynolds. She, um, she did a lot of camp drafting and stuff as well. Mm. But um, they were two great instructors that we had and, you know, we we're very grateful. And then, you know, when I went into racing, mm. um, Stewie, Stewie was in racing as well. So it was, you know, ongoing, um, you know, friendship from like a, a young child to, yeah. to still to this day. Well, the day finally arrived when young Jenny Graham had to get a job and you got <laughs> one at Warhope in a family department store. Now, it couldn't have been too bad because you stayed for 10 years. Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I, was, um, I was there for 10 years and basically um, did um, went to camp drafting mainly uh, when I was working because with the weekends I could do the camp drafting easier than I could do any other horse sport. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I was there at more hope for that many years. But um, naturally I've come back to the horses now, though. Mm-hmm. Well, camp drafting is something you took very seriously. You competed at a pretty high level and you travelled to a lot of places. Yes, I did. I um, I did. I, I did travel a, a lot with it. Um, we had a good lot of um, – lady competitors um, in camp drafting at that particular time and made a lot of friends. But mm. we used to travel like up Casino, Cuyahoga, mm. Warwick, you know, everywhere that everywhere that there was a rodeo on, we were there. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was great. And being coming around off the land, mm. I mean, you, you did could read cattle quite well um, because, you know, we rode at, at home around the cattle and, mm. and competing in camp drafting well. You actually read cattle pretty good. Mm. You know, this could be the greatest skill in all horse competition. You need a good horse and a very good rider. It's not for amateurs. No, it's it's it's, it's a very tough game. Actually, it's not as easy as what it looks. <laughs> mm. That's for sure. But um, yeah, no, if you can get a nice horse and a little bit of luck and a, and a great rider, well, mm. you know, it's it's a great thrill. It's a really great thrill. There's no better thrill yeah. than winning, is there? Most of the horses used in camp drafting are stock horses, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes. Did you have your own stock horse trained yes, specifically for the job? Yes, yes, I had some, and I also rode um, also rode a a few horses for a Kempsey um, fellow, Kenna McCarthy, that had a lot of um, camp drafters. And mm. I used to ride his a lot in the in their ladies' events um, as well. But I did have a few of my own as well. But I did compete a lot 
a lot of success on his horses as well as my own. Mm. Jen, I'll get you to stand by there for a moment. We'll pause for a quick little break on the podcast. Back after this. The completion of the Great Southern Sale in Melbourne brought down the curtain on a spectacular sales season for Inglis. In 2019, Inglis cleared an amazing 85% of all yearlings offered a Southern Hemisphere high. Inglis sold 19 of the 30 yearlings in Australia to make more than a million dollars, as well as the only two yearlings to sell for two million or more. Inglis graduates have won 20 individual Group 1 races for the season so far. Inglis ended the sales season as the Southern Hemisphere market leader. Entries for the Classic, Melbourne Premier, Australian Easter, Melbourne Gold and Scone Yearling Sales will be open in early July. You'll find details and entry forms at inglis.com.au. Well, you ventured into the hospitality industry at one stage. You went to work at a very famous Port Macquarie landmark, the Sand Castles Motel, right on South Beach. Yes, um, I worked there for roughly nearly ten years as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was a great place to work. Um, I had great bosses, Jan and Tony Reed, yep. who um, managed the motel and, and um, looked they were great to work for. Still camp drafting at that time when I we actually worked um, at the Sandcastle, and you know they were great that I could get the time off to to go to the radios and things and. Um, yeah, that's that was a great place to work, for sure. Around 1997, you got a bee in the bonnet. You suddenly decided that you'd like to have a crack at horse training and you actually invested in a stable complex right on Port Macquarie Racecourse. Yes, I did. I did. I, um, I you know, it was, it was a little bit of a um, task at the time because naturally I had to... I had bought the block and then we had to build this build the house and stables and you know naturally then it was a cost and um but yeah no I, I decided that you know if I was going to give it a shot I might as well be somewhere where um I could give it a good shot and yeah that's that's where I decided to to build and train a pop quarry well then you did something very enterprising you contacted Gay Waterhouse and asked if you could spend a few weeks at Tullock Lodge just watching and listening and observing. Was she receptive to that idea? Yes, John, she was terrific. Never hesitated. Um, yes, when are you coming? Mm. So when it suits you. No, she said, it's when it suits you. Mm. I said, okay, then. Well, she said, well, you make the arrangements and let me know when you'll be here. And we'll get started. And um, yes, and that's exactly what she was so helpful. We went to race meetings and training of a morning, and like through the day, you know, different things that we caught up with, and she talked about, and you know, showed me different things, different skills, like different ways of training that that she, um, you know, improved on. And yeah, yeah. no, it was terrific, John. Now, when you told her you were going to open stables in Port Macquarie, she made you a surprise offer. You got the shock of your life. Yes, she sure did. She she offered to um, fly up and open the stables for me and, um, mm. 
Yeah, it was such a surprise because, I mean, you know, like I knew, like she was very, very busy and, um, look, she didn't even hesitate, not not at all. Magnificent gesture, wasn't it? Oh, terrific, yeah, no. Mm. But, no, with, you know, how if things are and so busy and that, like, you know, I, I didn't even think for a minute that um, she'd come up and open them up, but she did. Yeah. What form did the opening take? Obviously you invited friends and clients and probably the local press. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, we just said, you know, well, it wasn't a big day, but it was a really nice day. Mm. Um, there was, uh, you know, people that, um, you know, really wanted to meet Gay as well and, and you know, we, we showed some horses and, you know, like it was just a really nice day and she helped, she helped me organise that just to get things in, in place and, um, mm. like, yeah, there was no no hesitation with any help at all. It was terrific. She brought gifts up, scarves and things for people, you know, that were there on the day. Mm. And, yeah, look, it was lovely, really nice. You can't be a horse trainer without horses to train. Where did your early horses come from? Um, Scone, uh, Scone Sales. I had a uh, friend of ours um who has since passed away, but he had bought me quite a few horses to start with as well. Um, and, you know, we, we got started and and showed, you know, them on the day and placed them and, you know, syndicated them out and, and sort of it's went from there. Jockeys with whom you've had rapport and success include your brother-in-law, Peter Graham who's been an absolute institution on the Mid-North Coast and the Northern Rivers. He's a marvel. Yes, he is. He is, Pete. He, um, he rode a lot of winners for me um, in the early times and still every now and then now still. But, um, look, he's a, he's, a great, he's a great person, great family. He, um, you know, you could ask him, you know, to this day to come in and jump on a couple for you if someone – you know, couldn't make it or, you know, even at the races, late notice, you know, there's no, no problem, no hesitation. Mm. He's Ill. Yes, he'll be there on the dot. That's Pete Graham. Yes, it is. You've had a great partnership and a wonderful friendship with Robert Thompson. He's been an enormous help to you over the years and you were telling me the other day, Jen, he's got a very funny expression if he rides one for you that he feels doesn't have much future. What does he say when he gets off it? We think he needs a change of address, love. <laughs> a change of address. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, no, he's a great person. And, and, look, you are right. We have had a great association and a great lot of luck. Um, you know, we've rode, he's rode some great winners for me around the country and, and yeah, I, I look. I, I couldn't appreciate more really for what Robert's done for me because he's he's a very good horseman. You know, he can basically give you a very very good feedback, and it's so important, especially when you're kicking off and mm. you know just learning a lot more about about the industry is so helpful. Tommy Berry has become a good friend, and so has Ty Angland, who rode plenty of winners for the stable early on. Yeah, look, they um, 
Tommy's, you know, like I've always had a, a great association with with Tommy, and and still, still till now, you know, he's he's actually been been a, a backup of the stable. You know, he he he's rode in a winner in town for me, and has rode some other placings, and you know, when he can ride them, he does. Um, naturally, you know, those those jockeys are very hard to. To get because you know they they ride in town and run for big, big stables, so naturally you know they're very hard to get. But um, yeah, he's he's still to this day a very very good friend and um, a great jockey. And Ty, um, yeah, I've I've known Ty not for a long time, but in the short time that um, you know I took Awesome Pluck down and he you know helped me with him and um, you know when I took him down for the trials and. He he was so uh, such a great help that um, you know I'm, I miss him around the um, the tracks, but I'm sure he'll be back around there soon, doing his you know something else in racing, which we, we hope that, that that will happen. I was very pleased to see him at Wyong races just last week. Yeah, it was it was lovely with the picture with all the jockeys. It was great, really good to see. One of the busiest riders on the Mid-North Coast and the Northern Rivers is Matt McGeeran, and I notice you put a few rides Matty's way too. Yeah, Matty's a, he's another very good horseman that um, I take a lot of um, feedback from as well. He's, he's, um, and, and he's a nice, strong rider, you know, puts him in good places. So, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a very good rider, and um, I, I do use Matty when I can as well. I see mum and dad uh, are retired now, but they're both in good health and I imagine that they'd still be at Warhope, are they? Yes, they are. They've actually, they still have um, our dairy farm, but they actually run beef cattle mm. on it now and we also have a, a small property just out of War, um, Warhope Court at Rosewood mm -hmm. and they actually live there on about 70 acres there now but they still do have the big property as well. Mm. You and Darren had two girls, Angela and Melinda, and to say they were horsey girls is an understatement. The youngest, <laughs> Angela, won her first race as a trainer only the other day at Ipswich, and Melinda enjoyed plenty of his success as a jockey but has quit the saddle to become a mum. In fact, both girls are mums. Yes, they are. No, they're both, they both love the horses. Um, Melinda, I don't think we'll go into training. She said it's it gets too depressing <laughs> mm. having to tell people that their horses that something's wrong or something like that. But um, yeah. but loves the industry, and um, but Anne, she she likes the training. She does like the training. I think she'll mm. um, you know go right into it after the family are a little bit bigger. But yeah. um, she's actually just had another boy at the moment, actually. Was right. born yesterday, so she's uh, got two boys. Oh, who, Angela? Yeah. Angela's yep, got two. Melinda's just had a boy. Yep. Three, and three grandsons, same. eh? That's correct. Mm. What are their yes. names? Uh, Melinda's little fella's Tommy. Yep. And Angela's is Quaid and Hugo. Hugo's the new one. Hugo's the new one, born yesterday. <laughs> Good stuff. And they're doing well. Very well, thank you. Now, Jenny, Melinda actually came into Port Macquarie and galloped one for you last week. I bet she loved that. 
Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, she did. She said, she said it's such a great feeling, um, yeah, to be back on and, and just working, having the gallops. She said it was lovely. Mm. We've highlighted Victorum. We've highlighted Awesome Pluck. Let's just have a quick look at some of the other handy ones who've helped your career. You loved Alcancia. Six wins, 242,000. She won three two-year-old races. Uh, she won a race later at Port Macquarie. And later in her career, she won two at Eagle Farm. Yes, she did. Yeah, no, she was um, She was a fa- family horse, actually. Um, my parents and myself, um, we were... We owned her in, um, like, yeah, she was just a family horse, so naturally it was a little bit more, um, you know, you, you you basically had a bit more feelings for her because she was just a family horse. Mm. Now, Jen, Leviosa is another one of your favourites. Now, here's a little bit of trivia that I'll bet has not occurred to you. Alcancia and Leviosa had exactly the same number of starts, 25, they both won six races, they both ran two seconds, and they both ran five thirds. Exactly the same record. Huh? And do you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> you did? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, Jen, it means nothing and it's unimportant and it's very trivial, but I thought I'd yeah. throw it in. No, exactly. I, I, you know, you look, at the, you look at their records and things, but mm. like, to be honest, no, I, I didn't know. And, and um, they were both bought. They were. I do know they were both bought at Scone Sales. Mm-hmm. Both of them as well. Mm. Well, between them, they won four hundred and eighty thousand dollars. It's pretty good. So they paid their way. They did. I certainly. Rebel Dancer was one of your favourites. Only eighteen starts, seven wins. Yeah, she, she was actually. She was one at the filly that actually Priscilla won her two races on in in New South Wales and Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was actually owned by um, um, the late Ver- Veronica. And yeah. um, she, look, she, um, she was a lovely filly. And um, Veronica, she actually um, had bought her at the sales in, in Magic Millions. And um, yeah, she rang me this particular day and asked me what I'd like to train a horse for her and um, it was Rebel Dancer and she was a great horse. Now, there was one with a funny name, Jen. Now, it looks funny on paper, Eripsny, a mare who won six from 30 and she won one at Doombin too with Ryan Wiggins on board. You tell me the name was the word inspire spelled backwards. That's correct, Yes. Yes, yes. The um, the, um, they'd they name they'd put the name in the syndicate um before actually I had her. Well, that was the name they had picked out for her, and um, it took me a while to to grasp her Ripsney because I like I looking at it, you're thinking, how do you how do you pronounce it? But mm. um, once once we got the hang of it, it was fine. And going past the post, it sounded real good. Mm. Oh yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> now, Canadian ruler, um, I don't think you had him for all of his career, but you did win some early races with him. He was a pretty good galloper. Yes, he was. He come to me with some um, feet problem. He's a very nice horse, 
um, but he had a lot of feet problem. And um, actually, here's how Barry Lockwood first started, to be quite honest. Um, mm. He actually shod the horse quite a few times for me to – his feet were very shallow and he um, he used to fill, like, fill his feet uh, with some oh, – to be honest, I can't think what it was yeah, called now. It was called Equilox. Was, uh, yeah, and, and um, to help him, like, keep him solid. Mm. And, look, he he did a great job, that horse. I, I really – you know, he actually won in town as well with um, Darren Beeman. Mm. And, um, yeah, no, he, he was a very, very nice horse. Mm. That product, Equilox, is virtually a false foot. You can file it, you can nail it, you can do anything with it. Yes, it's a great product. It's a great product. And, you know, now they've got them in the two colours, the white and the, the brown. It's, it's terrific. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you talk about Barry Lockwood who was at Port Macquarie for a number of years. He's now a successful trainer in Brisbane. He's also a very accomplished farrier. You just mentioned the fact that he looked after Canadian ruler. But I hear that he actually flew to Port Macquarie very recently to shoe Victorum. That is a good friend. Yes, it sure is. Yes, he flew down um, before we were actually going to the scone race and he actually, because we've had, you know, a few little niggles here and there with his feet keeping things, well, naturally you want to, to get the best out of your horse. Mm. Um, he um, he asked me, he said, oh, we have, you know, the horse's feet up to scratch. And I said, oh, well, he's got to be shod. It's due to be shod. And um, he said, well, I better get on, the, get on the plane and come down and get him done, book the flights for me and I'll be down. And... Um, Basically, that's what he did, and he actually did. He did that for me before he went to the Kosciuszko as well, mm. um, and the country championships. He did both of those showings before he went to the races. He so is, yes, he was a very good friend. He is one of very, very few thoroughbred trainers in Australia who shoe their own horses. It's a rarity. Yes, yes, and um, he does probably. Um, he tries to do one or two a day. Mm. Like um, just when I stayed up here, that's what he tries to do, one or two a day mm. um, when he's doing his own, just to keep keep them all up to scratch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, you've got an I Am Invincible filly in the camp who's only had four starts, hasn't run a place yet, but she's come back in good fettle this time. She's trialling well, looks like she's going to do something. Look, I hope so. She's a foal um, from Alcantia and um, here again with her feet problems with her. Um, and Barry actually also flew down to um, do her feet as well. And that's another product that Equilox that we're using at the moment on on her feet. But um, look, at the moment, I'm pretty happy with how she's going. She's, I think this prep, you know, hopefully... I know she can gallop. We've just got to get things into place and um, hopefully this prep, that might be. Right. Well, two questions. What's her name? I'm fluent. I'm fluent. And when do you think she'll race? Um, I'm thinking she'll probably be another couple of weeks yet, at least. Mm. We'll be watching. <laughs> Have you ever thought of moving to Brisbane or even closer to Sydney? Has it ever crossed your mind? 
Um, Brisbane way, you know, I sort of have. Like, but look, I think to be truthful, John, um, my family are, are mostly around, you know, with my mum and dad and Melinda and, and Angie's at Mawollonbar, which isn't that far away. Um, look, at this stage, I, I probably wouldn't move. Um, I love the their racing facilities and things at Brisbane. You know, I think they're they're great, and I think it's probably Brisbane would be a little bit um, more opportunity for me, I think, than Sydney would be. Mm. Um, but look, I love I love where I live, and I love the area, and and as I say, my family and that are all around, yeah, around Port, you know Port Macquarie area. So you know, at the moment. Um, you know, I just like coming up and bringing horses to Brisbane, having having a month or two, and then going back again. I'd like to be able to get in the situation that you know I can afford it to just have a few later on and just do that. And you know, you can just travel around a little bit more and and a little bit more relaxed. It'll be good. <laughs> Gary Cleesey told me, you know, he must be a good judge. He said. Jenny Graham would be an interesting interview. You should podcast her. And you know what? He was right. <laughs> Very enjoyable chat, Jenny. Now, that family department store in Warhope, if they yes. should come back to you tomorrow and offer you double the money, would you go back? No. <laughs> no. No, I'd, I would definitely not go back. <laughs> no, definitely not. I didn't have some. I I enjoyed my job, but I didn't actually really want to go there in the first place. Yeah. But back then, horse jobs, you know, unless you moved away, mm. um, were quite you know hard to get. So, mm. you know, my parents said, "Well, you know, you you got to find a job." So that's basically what I did, and yeah, now I'm racehorse training. <laughs> So a life without thoroughbreds doesn't appeal to you at all? Not at all, no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Thanks for talking with us on the podcast, Jen, been a pleasure. Thank you very much, John. And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. The recent Great Southern Sale at the beautifully renovated Oaklands Junction Complex was an outstanding success. The select weanlings offered on the first two days averaged over $32,000 with a clearance rate of almost 80%. 22 of them sold for $100,000 or more. The broodmares also enjoyed considerable increases across all key indicators. An average of 25,000 up 27%, a median of 8,000 up 45% and a gross of 5.1 million up 15%. Top of the market was again very strong with nine horses selling for $200,000 or more. Across four days of selling, the gross was almost 17.7 million up 11%. It's time for vendors to switch the attention to the 2020 yielding sales and entries will open in early July. Go to inglis.com.au.